This is the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you hit that like, subscribe, and notifier button so you can be aware whenever a new episode is available. Also, leave a comment and a review. We would really appreciate that. And now, off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. I'd like to take this time to thank our sponsor, RX Smart Gear. Dave and his team have developed the perfect jump rope to counter common performance miscues, which in turn enhance the learning experience. They have an ergonomic grip and a swivel connection for better accuracy, and the resistance levels have helped with better timing. And the custom sizes promote proper form and technique. It's built durable to stand up to the rigors of intense workouts, and it was in fact prescribed to help you get better. That's how the RX Smart Gear Jump Rope was born. Dave Newman and his team have been a great partner for us in the podcast, and we appreciate him so much for all of his support. So don't forget to use the Clydesdale 15 discount code at checkout and get 15% off your order at rxmarkgear.com. And don't forget that that excludes new releases and special editions. We are so excited to now have Mobility Movement as a partner. Their holistic approach to recovery is second to none. This is not just a program that helps with your flexibility and mobility. It also assists with stress release and sleep, two key factors in overall recovery. The website gives you a plan for, for each week, saves your favorites, gives you sleep protocols, has a specific protocol for your first week joining, and then there are these new things called open snacks, which are super cool. Here you are given quick warm-ups and cool-down protocols for the open wads, featuring elite athletes Allison Scuds and Saxon Panchik. And who doesn't need recovery after those open workouts? The extensive library available to you is both vast and diverse. If you want to try Mobility Movement, go to mobilitymovement.com. That is mobilitymnt.com. And make sure you use our code CLYDESDALE20, all caps, to get 20% off your first six months. That's mobilitymovement.com, mobilitymvmnt.com. Use code Clydesdale20 to get 20% off your first six months. I've been using this since the first of the year and I am sleeping better than I have in so many years. And with all the back issues I've had over the last five years, this has given me so much relief and I'm able to work out four to five times a week without any pain at all. So go to mobilitymovement.com, that's mobilitymvmnt.com, and use Clydesdale 20 to get 20% off your first six-month subscription. Hey everybody, welcome to the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. My name is Scott Switzer. I am the Clydesdale, I am your host. We love to do fitness, and these are my friends. I have my co-host Charlie Odie with me, and a very special friend, Crystal Derry, today. Hey, Crystal. Hello. So Crystal is the founder and CEO of Mobility Movement, MVMNT. Mm-hmm. I'm getting really good at saying that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, we're going to talk to her, learn about her, her what led up to her starting this app. And uh, we're going to talk about all the cool things that the app has and how you can get involved with Mobility Movement. So mm-hmm. first of all, Crystal, Welcome. And I was doing some research on you and you have a bachelor's degree in a, the word that I, the one word in the English language that I cannot say 
kinesiology. Kinesiology. Mm-hmm. The study of movement. I do know what it is. I just don't mm-hmm. really, I can't say it for some reason. It's a tough one. And then I looked at your licenses and you have like 8,212, I think, if I counted right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've, I've basically dedicated my life to education. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, just to name a few, uh, you uh, are a mobility specialist. Yeah. You a therapeutic counselor, a kettlebell instructor, a Olympic weightlifter instructor, um, certified personal trainer, yoga instructor, uh, facial stretching. Mm-hmm. Fascial, yeah. Fascial stretching. Mm-hmm. That makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. hmm. War? Yeah, face yoga. <laughs> Um, steel, uh, flexible steel instructor. Um, and that's just, that's just a handful of them. There's another 8,000 of them. If you want to go check them out Mm -hmm. uh, on her website, but so what made you want to go into this type of a profession with fit? It appears like fitness counseling, Mm -hmm. um, mindset, uh, flexibility, mobility, yeah, so I'm from a from a young age, like I loved movement. My two favorite um, subjects in elementary school were art and uh, gym class. And so I've always been really creative and loved movement. I wanted to be a professional soccer player as a, a teenager, but I got injured playing soccer and it required me to have reconstructive knee surgery that also required a lot of rehab after and it was actually working with my physiotherapist um, and just kind of being really engaged with that process of how in like how much knowledge he had about the human body and how it works and how to get stronger I was just like I really want to like I'm super interested in what he's doing and how can I get involved in that and that's what kind of set me in the direction of getting a kinesiology degree so I specialized in exercise physiology, sports psychology. Um, And I did a research study, like when I was in university for how to prevent knee injuries in um, adolescent females. Cause I mean, (laughs) literally my, um, and I I really was, I was going down the road to becoming a physiotherapist. Like that was my initial intention. Um, But then I actually realized along that road that doing acute care was not as important to me as doing preventative care. Um, And that's when I really started to lean towards strength and conditioning, uh, the mobility realm, flexibility yoga. Um, And my parents were these lovely people that were formerly athletes, but had maybe lived a sedentary life. And I could kind of see how their bodies were changing over time. And I was like, what could I do to help these people, to help people like me, to help younger people? And that's when I really just kind of dove into all things movement. Um, Then I became a CrossFit instructor. So I started coaching full-time at a CrossFit gym, which like, I don't know. I mean, you guys have experience in that realm. you drink the Kool-Aid and it's like, this is the best thing ever. 
But the thing that I noticed the most was there's this huge gap of like so much knowledge about how to do the movements, so much knowledge about how to get better at CrossFit. But there was like this just a lot missing in this other aspect that I had done a lot of study and education on. And that's how I kind of started running mobility classes at my gym. And eventually we kind of led into the creation of movement. But yeah, it's kind of like a a longer history, I guess you could say. So did you grow up in Saskatchewan? And I just love saying that word. So I know. <laughs> I did. Yeah, I grew up in uh, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. I um have there's there's six siblings or six of us. And we all we all went to the same high school and graduated from the same university. So I'm like, my parents did a pretty like decent job <laughs> with us. So yeah. So were you close with your siblings? Yeah, um, we like we have a pretty close knit family, and um, most of us still live in Saskatoon, and so I see them on a, a regular basis. And the one that doesn't live in Saskatoon, we visit them often. Like family is really important. Um, we still have like Sunday suppers as often as we can, or as often as my mom can organize. <laughs> Yeah. And so you all went to the same university. Did you acknowledge each other there or were you like, I don't know that person? Um, well, we were all about two years apart and we all went in very different disciplines. Um, so there's like two engineers, a computer scientist, like in economics. Then there's me, who's the kinesiologist and the pharmacist. So like very different disciplines kind of didn't really even see each other because we we're all in different colleges and yeah, but I don't know, I'm just trying to think. I definitely did a stats class with my brother, but that was, that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. And you said your parents were athletes. What mm-hmm. kind of athletes were they? Um, so both of my parents, I would say were in like running track and field. Um, but they are, uh, my mother was also a dancer and when like my parents were high school sweethearts and my dad actually did jazz with my mom. So they have some like really cute photos of them doing dance together. Um, but yeah, my dad was a, as a track and track and field and hurdler sprinter. Um, so we all got pretty good running genes. Um, yeah. I didn't get any of those, um, <laughs> but so I, then you, you, so you study all this stuff. You mm-hmm. said you became a CrossFit instructor, mm-hmm. but you're also a therapist. Mm-hmm. So, and I, and I noticed that like one of the techniques that you use is called walk and talk mm-hmm. and that there's, there's advantages to movement during therapy. Mm-hmm. And so do you want to explain that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So like I, I actually became a therapist after about, I think it was nine years in the strength and conditioning world. I worked one-on-one with a lot of people and I don't, I don't know if this has ever been your guys' experience when you're working with a coach or someone close, you share a lot. And I found that a lot of the support that individuals needed whether they were wanting to get stronger or they were recovering from an injury or they were doing pain management, a large portion of that was like taking care of their emotional body. 
Um, and movement is a really great catalyst for helping with that stuff. But I didn't have enough knowledge in the therapeutic realm. So that's when I got educated. And there's a lot of research for individuals um, that are like high anxiety or depression that the actual like movement and locomotion forward is so important to the human body in literally communicating I'm moving versus I'm stuck because when people are in a really depressive state or when they're really anxious they can get very frozen and stuck and so it's really beneficial if you can walk forward locomotion and be in like social connection. So a therapist would be a, like a connection, um, just creating that safety and connection while you're moving forward is really, really beneficial to humans in general. Um, but I also love movement because I come from that background and I know the benefits of movement. So I wanted to integrate it into the therapeutic work that I was doing as well. Yeah, I can see that. Like when I, when Charlie and I were at the same gym, you know, and we're around the barbell, like on a strength session, you're talking to your friends and your neurons are firing and mm -hmm. everything's there. And, and you share a lot of things that are going on in life while that's going on. Now, the only problem is when, when someone sneaks an extra plate on the bar at the very end of the session to get a five pound PR over you. Mm -hmm. then the problem stems from the movement. Mm -hmm. That's right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Those mother efforts, let yeah. You, <laughs> let me tell you, if you'd have seen our mobility on those lifts, I don't know that you'd be talking to us right now. Oh, oh no. <laughs> I'm relatively accepting, but maybe, who knows. <laughs> well, I, I can't wait to talk about how well my, my mobility has improved Mm -hmm. um, over the last few months, but, um, so let's then move into, so you, you're kind of all over the map, mm -hmm. right? You, you do like kettlebells and weightlifting and therapy and mobility, but then you, you kind of moved into this app of mobility movement. Is this mm -hmm. your big focus now? Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say so. Like I really love the strength community and like CrossFit is part of the strength community. And I really wanted to provide a resource and support system to that community that would feel supportive to them. Cause at the time when I was um, coaching CrossFit and Olympic weightlifting, as like as much as I was, I just found that the only support system available was yoga, which most strength and CrossFitters don't seem to resonate with the language in there. And it also doesn't seem like it's sports specific enough. And so that's was my goal is, okay, how can I create a resource and something that people can do that feels like it aligns with their goals. And it also introduces some really needed self care uh, to that community and a really like nurturing energy to kind of combat the really like grind, I'll sleep when I'm dead, uh, ah, <laughs> that I was seeing, I was like, hey, let's just like calm down a little bit. Recovery is really important too. That's how we can get stronger. Um, and 
the more I dove into that, like educating myself, the more I was engaged with that kind of content. Um, and that's really what I would say, like I really love is sharing knowledge about that and giving people those tools so that they can feel empowered and how to take care of themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that if you're listening, you're hearing Crystal's nice, soothing voice, which is awesome when you're doing the mobility because mm -hmm. it really does relax you. But this woman is a badass. I got to mm -hmm. tell you, I saw your CrossFit profile. Mm -hmm. You did the open five years mm -hmm. uh, in a row there. And your lift numbers, your Olympic mm -hmm. lifting numbers are pretty phenomenal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, what you had listed as a clean jerk was over 190 pounds. Um, I don't even think I could hit that today. Um, mm -hmm. And your snatch was like 140 something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's when I was crossfitting quite quite intensely when I, I, I shifted to be an Olympic weightlifter. Cause I, I would say that I was a better weightlifter than I was a crossfitter. And so I think my best lifts were 105 kilo clean and jerks, which is I think 225, 230 or something. And my best snatch was I think 80 kilos. So I think that's 175. Um, so I, I, I love the sport of Olympic weightlifting. Personally, I love competing in it. Um, I love coaching it. It's such a technical sport um, that, and it's, it really requires the full extent of your, you know, mobility, stability, um, really calm, cool mindset, uh, resiliency. Like it's just, to me, it's such an interesting sport. And I think it's even cooler that CrossFit has woven weightlifting into its realm as well. Yeah. Do you do any of that today? Um, I, so in 2020, I got, um, so at the beginning of the pandemic, I was in Costa Rica assisting an immersive therapeutic group, uh, workshop. And um, we got the message, you know, you gotta get home before you can't essentially. So I had to get home before the commercial flights closed, which meant I was traveling in the midst of the pandemic really exploding. Um, and two weeks after I got home, I, I was in the ER um, and I spent seven days in the ICU. Um, and the, when I first got into the ER, the doctors were quite concerned that I was going to die. Um, they, they, when they finally carted me into the ICU, my little glass cubicle, they were like, you need to contact your family. They're not going to be able to see you um, because like you might die in the next day or so. Um, so it was really scary. It was hard. Um, my recovery from then has been really challenging. Like I, I went into the ICU really strong, really fit, like aerobically fit, physically strong. And I think that was why I was able to survive, um, to be honest. And getting out of it, the recovery was not very easy. I went from being able to like move my body multiple times away a day, move a ton of weight, to if I stood up off the couch, my heart rate would spike to 180. 
and I couldn't walk more than four feet without having to take a break because I couldn't breathe. Um, so my recovery from that has been about two full years. Um, and like, I'm just finally getting back to lifting this, this January. Um, cause it just, it, it was really sad. It essentially made movement impossible for me, you know, for about a full year. Um, the thing that I like loved the most in the world became completely inaccessible to me. Um, it was really heartbreaking. <laughs> um, and so I still do lift, you know, in two years, I've been able to lift for the last couple of months. I'm finally able to like instruct uh, mobility classes again, so I can do them and talk at the same time. You know, for a period of time, I wasn't able to do that. I couldn't regulate my breathing because um, breathing was so hard. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, that that just uh, I would say stripped away all of my identities in in 2020. And that and that was COVID. Um, it everything was COVID-like symptoms. So I, my, when I got in the ER, my blood oxygen, my O2 blood saturation, oxygen saturation, that's what it was, was at 72. And they were like, <laughs> the nurse, like sometimes when I think about it, it's funny, it's really scary, but the nurse asked me, she said, are you short of breath? And I said, oh no. I just have been in quarantine for two weeks. I haven't been able to do, you know, CrossFit or fitness for a while. So if I'm, it's just because I'm not very fit right now. <laughs> and she looked at me like I was like batshit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what's wrong? And I like looked over at my vitals and I actually took a, a picture and I sent them to a, a girlfriend who is a paramedic. And she was like, she, all she responded with was like WTF, where are you? Like, where are you? What's going on? And I was like, I'm going to the ICU. Like, um, I had pneumonia in my lungs. Um, I needed to be on, I think it was eight or nine meters of oxygen to be able to breathe. They were gonna, they were going to intubate and like put me under, but because I was like somewhat lucid, they decided to just put me on a CPAP machine. Um, and try to like, cause they basically would come in every day and say, Crystal, are you doing your breathing exercises? And, you know, I'd explain to them that breathing was really hard and they'd be like, you have to breathe or we're going to have to put you into a coma. And I was just like, you know, crying and like, you don't understand how hard this is. So I never got tested. Like I never tested positive for COVID though. Um, so we ha I had three infectious disease doctors working on me and they were, it was scary. Like I think at that point, cause they were seeing uh, like COVID patients in the ICU and that's, I was in a little COVID quarantine space. Um, but I was like the youngest person that they had probably seen in with pandemic like symptoms. And so they were scared. I was scared, you know, it was, it was weird. Um, and I don't like, I don't know if it just, I, yeah, I never tested positive. They tested me, I think four times a day trying to figure out what was wrong with me. They literally tested me for everything under the sun. It was crazy. Um, but. So the, I think that's yeah, a great, 
one, I'm so glad that you're better now and that you're doing much better. So two years of physical recovery, what was the mental recovery like? It was really, really hard um, because, because I had used movement and strength training along with other therapeutic techniques as my main, like, you know, this is how I deal with stuff. If, if I was having a hard day, I would go and lift at the gym, or if I was needing to get some stress off, I would, I would go for a run. And those things became inaccessible. And so dealing with some of the emotional hardships that came along um, was really tough because um, I basically got to like sit with my own thoughts and all of my feelings because there was a lot of grief, you know, losing access to all of those things was grieving the loss of the identity of being able to move and be fit and lift and um, be able to, to create content for the membership, I think was the most heartbreaking for me because I had really was on this like really big mission to create this incredible resource. And then it just was halted. Um, and luckily at that point in the business, I had created a, a relatively large library and I had people in place that, that were helping the, the company that, you know, it didn't collapse in on itself, thankfully. Um, and I, I was really worried that it would because I was such a big part of it. Um, I had some really good support systems. Like I had my therapist <laughs> uh, who I saw regularly. I had my parents, like they were a big support system. I had some really key friends, um, but it was in the pandemic. And so I was in lockdown for a large portion of it um, by myself. So that's when I really started like really diving into um, nervous system regulation because with my like with my hist like with my uh, knowledge and background, I knew that whatever was going on in my heart was likely something to do with my nervous system. And when I was in the ICU, I didn't see daylight for about five full days. And so like my circadian rhythm was super messed up. My body had tried to die twice. So it was like, ah, we're in like complete fight or flight constantly. Um, and I was just like, how, what do I need to do from a physiological perspective that's going to help support this recovery? Cause this is like next level. Like it just felt so physically exhausting all the time. Um, and that's when I pulled up some of my old knowledge about like the vagus nerve because um, I did a bunch, like I did a handful of classes of anatomy and cell biology. Um, and then I started just really investigating that approach and how it, how it aligned with like movement, the therapeutic approach that I used as a therapist, and then the vagus nerve stuff that helps to re-engage um, the nervous system that's needed to be able to recover. Um, so it was, had some really good support systems. And then I started diving into, of course, educating myself on something new. <laughs> um, and it took a lot of like patience and compassion. Um, it was, yeah, compassion, I would say was probably one of the key things in my recovery. 
Yeah, because I think the pandemic hit us all, right? In ways, lockdown alone was tough on me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, that's when I hit my deepest depression um, and why I see therapists today. But yeah. I love that you dove into more education and research and learning. Is that something that relaxes you when you can like dive into a subject and just learn as much as you can about it? Oh, absolutely. Um, I will take very special interests in certain subject matter and just learn absolutely everything about it that I possibly can. Um, and that seemed like the only thing that I could do. You know, I couldn't move my body. I couldn't um, see friends. So I was like, okay, let's just, let's just shove information in here. Um, yeah, it was, it was helpful. Um, it was something for me to do, something for me to um, be engaged with, for sure. Yeah. So pre-pandemic, what did you do to relax? Like to get away from your job type stuff, what did you do to relax and have fun? So I, like I said, as a child, I loved my two favorite subjects were art and uh, gym. So I, I love art. I, I paint and draw. Um, that's my, I would say that that would be like my, um, where I would go to be fully present, I guess. Like, you know, some people will meditate in a seated position or they'll use movement for meditation, which I do as well. I use painting and drawing as a meditative process. Personally, I find it to be really fulfilling. Um, and it allows me to have a creative outlet, which is really, like I, I would say, stimulating for my mind, but also gives my hands something to do. And, and um, I, yeah, I would say that that's something that I really love to do is, is paint and draw. Did you do any of that? post-pandemic? Um, I definitely tried to. Uh, but so when I paint, I'm usually painting standing with an easel on a relatively large uh, scale canvas. Wasn't able to do that because um, <laughs> surprisingly holding a brush painting takes a lot of effort that I didn't realize it did at the time, like before. Um, so I actually, I got into a different medium, which is alcohol inks, really gentle, very forgiving uh, medium. It's really beautiful things that you can create with it. Um, very abstract. So yeah, I did, I did do some stuff, but it, uh, yeah, I can't even, uh, it, it's hard to sometimes think back just how crippling the, like that the illness was for me. Yeah. Yeah, you said alcohol inks. Because mm -hmm. okay. I, I thought you said alcoholings, which is what <laughs> a lot of people got into during the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, no, inks. Um, inks. Inks. Yeah, they, uh, I could show you, no. Uh, they're, so you use like iso, isopropyl alcohol. So like the 90% alcohol is like the medium and you have these little inks that will um, move around in really unique ways on the, uh, specific paper. Yeah, I don't know. But again, I took a special interest in them, learned way too much information and uh, started creating. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um I, I love art. Um, it's something I I learned that even when I was in the business world, like I had to have a doodle space in meetings just to keep my mind active. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's how I get through meetings and can pay attention. People mm-hmm. think you're not paying attention, but it actually makes me more alert yes. uh, to do that. But um, well, that's really cool. So let's talk about mobility movement. Mm-hmm. Um, when did you start the company? Uh, so I would say in 2016 is when I started um, like conceptualizing it. It came to life in 2018. And then it really, I would say, or 2017. And then in 2018 is when it really started to like make some, some movement. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then 2019 was a really good year. Uh, we did some really exciting things. We were sponsoring some Canadian competitions. Uh, we were, were like really great traction. We had um, a few new athletes um, come into the movement space. It was super exciting. Um, our, our library and our app um, was growing. Like we actually launched our app in 2019. Like that was when our app launched versus just our website. Uh, so it was really like lots of really exciting things were happening in 2019 and it was like full force ahead. Let's do this. And then, yeah, the pandemic hit and it was like more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That did that a lot. That did, that happened to a lot of us. Um, so what, so when you first launched the app mm-hmm. to where it is today, mm-hmm. how different is it? Oh my God, it's so different. Um, <laughs> if I if I think back to the first, like the the first look of the website that we had when we first, first launched Movement without having an app, it was, oh man, it, it feels like a 90s website compared to like a website now in 2020. Um, it just, it, it grew so fast and anyone that works in like the tech industry knows like how fast things evolve within a couple of months and how quickly platforms will change and adapt to the demands of the users. And so it's, it's gone from very, very rudimentary, like what are we even doing? to an actual, like we have like a, a decent app and it has a really nice layout and we're, we're actively doing things to improve the user experience. And we have the ability to, to do that. Um, so it just, to me, it's like two different products from day one to today, uh, which I'm, I'm really happy about because we're allowing that evolution to happen, uh, which is really important to me. Yeah, it's always cool to look back to where you were and see where you are today. Um, it sometimes takes you out of the weeds of it all and lets you realize how far you've come. Mm-hmm. So your app is split up into different areas, mm-hmm. which I love. Um, I've really gotten into the daily um, where the week is set out for you and you do your, your Monday through Friday um, through the app. I think there's a Saturday too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's seven yeah. days a week. Yeah, you yeah. Got it. I'm I'm up to I'm up to five days. Ooh. So, um, 
so when you first come on, what's cool is you actually have an introductory week, mm-hmm. which is, which is very easy and learn to learn like the language to learn what's going on. And that's really awesome. And then you go into these weeklies. I, I may not be doing this right, but I know it says like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, mm-hmm. but like I had a big snatch workout where my hips and my glutes and my hamstrings were so sore. I skipped a Friday Mm-hmm. because it was a hip release mm-hmm. um, recovery and it has been awesome. So awesome. Yeah. That's the goal. Like the, the goal is that, I mean, you can, you can follow the program or you can select it based on your own needs. And it's awesome that you're able to like to, to do that. Right. Like that's, that's the goal of it is that it's, it's meant to be something that empowers you so that you can go there and be like, okay, this is what I need. I'm in tune with what my body needs. So I'm going to use this or I'm just going to follow the daily movement. Um, like it's just, it's purely to be like a really good support system. And so I'm, I'm really glad that it, it feels like that to you, that you don't feel like you're like going off course and it's going to ruin anything. It's just, it's, it's there to support your training, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, like I, I, in the, in the categories, uh, we've got kind of like that welcome series. And then we have our featured program, which would be the targeted areas. So if you're wanting to work on something really specific, like if you want to specifically improve your squat depth or um, like shoulder mobility, stability, like stuff like that. Um, then we have our snacks, which we just started like kind of rolling out this last month. So it's like snack size mobility work so it's meant to be under 10 minutes where there's just a demonstration of what you're doing a couple reps move you through it and then on to the next movement um then beyond that we've got like there are three main categories which are warm-up recovery and restorative i would say the biggest question that we get is what's the difference between recovery and restorative um which it's like the, the reason we have those three is based off of the nervous system. Um, so when we think about that neurophysiology warm up would be to help prime your nervous system and prime your physiology for movement. The recovery is you were probably just in a sympathetic state because you were exercising. Exercise is stress to the nervous system. So what we wanna do is help bring you out of that stress state and into a more relaxed state. And then the restorative section is for how to really sink into the parasympathetic nervous system so that you can enter into a really solid sleep and get a really good recovery. Or if it's like a rest day, how can you optimize your rest day? How can you be in a really relaxed and optimize your body's natural ability to recover? So that, that's like the restorative section. Um, and that's like, that's kind of how the programming is constructed, like from a methodology, methodological perspective, words are hard today. <laughs> yeah. Well, what, what I like the I love about the weekly is that I need mobility everywhere, but my ankles, mm. I have super mobile ankles, everything else, not so much. Mm-hmm. And so the weekly gives me a little bit of everything through the week to work mm-hmm. on. 
And then it, it gives me body awareness as I'm doing them to yeah. know, like, if this is hurting, now I know where to go to in the menu to grab something to help me out. Yes, that's good. And that is shocking that the only place that you don't need mobility is your ankles. That it's, I would say that that's always the hard, like, seems to be the hardest. Um, it's, it's my dance moves, Crystal. I've been Lucky. dancing forever and uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, what have you been doing for dance? Tell me, I want to know. <laughs> no, I, I have no idea, but for some reason my ankles are as mobile as it, as it gets. Every test <sighs> I take on them mobility wise yeah. off the charts. Amazing. That's, I mean, you're, I would say that working one-on-one -on -one with people, that was the area that was most often restricted um, for I mean, variety of reasons, but uh, yeah, body awareness would be the other thing that's really important to me is helping helping my like my movers and mobility people learn body awareness and learn how to get into their body. I would say that a vast majority of people kind of spend most of their time up here thinking and planning and thinking and planning. And very rarely do they actually dive into what their body is feeling and experiencing. And so I'm really glad that when you do that, your help it's bringing awareness to your body. Like that's, that makes me really happy <laughs> to hear that. Well, and the other thing that I love that's different about what you guys do is, you know, I've done stretching and stuff where I do the child's pose mm -hmm. and we maybe do it for 30 seconds. There's times like you have us in child's pose for five minutes. Forever. Yeah. And it's, and I, and the benefits of staying in it that long are huge. Like it's such a big difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and so practically good. like mm -hmm. in the gym, I'm doing things that I have never done in a CrossFit gym. And I started in 2011, like, I, when I put, get in the front rack now, the bar touches my chest. Ah, look at you. Oh, and that has never happened until now. He's, he's awesome. throwing that in my face. That's what's <laughs> happening here. That's because I'm doing the protocols, Charlie. Yeah, Charlie, like, get on it. <laughs> I do all of the protocols, snacks. Mm -hmm. The other game changer Maybe. for me is yeah. sleep. Mm -hmm. and, and your app is more complete than other apps that I've used in the past where one, you have the most calm voice ever. <laughs> so it helps me relax. I love doing the sleep protocols before bed. And I think I told you the only bad thing is getting up off the floor to actually get in my bed when it's over. Mm -hmm. Cause I just want to stay there. Yeah. I've, I've actually some, like a, cause I love teaching in-person classes and pre-pandemic, pre when I would teach a lot more often, I would actually have some people near the end of the classes when we would do the really like, hey, let's, let's really let your bodies relax here. I would have some people fall asleep, which like I was happy about because they obviously need it, right? Like yeah. if, you're, if you're falling asleep because you're finally letting yourself relax, yay. Um, but I always found that, um, I was like, maybe I should make a series of like what you could do for sleep and, and gentle stretching in bed so that you can just like melt away into sleep land. <laughs> that would be perfect. Yeah. 
we'll make it just for you. <laughs> <laughs> so what else do you want to tell people about the app? Um, that's a good question. I think, you know, one of my main goals with the app is to provide a, a compassionate resource to a industry that is not always super compassionate. And so being, being, a, being a female in the strength industry can be like have its own unique challenges. And I am, I would say a, a, a more, like I identify with being a very feminine female. So I, I really embrace my own femininity, which comes with a very nurturing, uh, loving and compassionate energy. And I also find that that's missing in, in the, in the industry. Um, but it's also kind of seen as a bit like woo-woo-y sometimes. And so my goal is to help, to help people see that having compassion can make you a more resilient, um, and whole, uh, individual. It can help you reach your fitness goals. It can help you reach your mobility goals. It can help you perform better and it can help you, recover better um but that you know self-hatred and beating up on yourself is not the way that you get there but it's often what's taught you know um helping people lean into feeling into their bodies building body awareness building emotional awareness of of your emotional experience again it helps to build resilience, if you're more familiar with your own internal emotional landscape and feeling landscape, you're going to be way more in tune with knowing when your body needs to rest. You're going to be able to avoid injuries a lot easier because if you know that your body feels like a big bag of garbage, going and doing a max deadlift, probably not the best idea, you know? And because like the, the injuries happen, not because it's like I moved improperly that one time. It's that over time, you're not recovering the tissue or you're not recovering as an individual, or you have too many stressors like hitting the body that that tissue just exceeded its capacity in that moment. So again, the goal is like the more compassionate and resilient the individual can be, that means their long-term athletic development or long-term fitness development is going to have a lot more longevity than someone who's lacking compassion and wants that really instant gratification. That's how, like, that's often how I see people leaving the fitness industry is they just, they want to get better immediately and then they get injured and it's devastating. Um, like, injuries are the worst thing ever. <laughs> I'm sure like, yeah, you, you guys know. Um, Cause then like, Scott, you, you had a, a back injury, right? Yep. And you had surgery for it. And that's like, it, it can change your whole life. Right. And the, the goal is to be able to a prevent that from happening or B help people through injuries with compassion and gentleness because it's it's such a challenging thing mentally and emotionally but also physically if you're injured like i'm sure you know like if you're experiencing pain 24 7 it 
is like the quality of your life is hugely impacted. Um, so that's like, I think would be my like main mission with movement is wanting to help bring a compassionate, holistic um, self-care and mobility routines to the strength and fitness community. You know? <laughs> yeah, I, um, I like that a lot because the fitness industry is full of suck it up, no pain, no gain, mm -hmm. and um, pushing athletes, right? Like try to motivate them to do more. And I, I'm at a new gym where they don't do that. If, if you come in and you say, you know, I don't feel good. They're like, hey, hop on the bike. You know, just, just move today. Don't worry about doing anything. And it's, it's really changed my outlook on what my fitness should look like. Uh, in combination with this. And so I really, I really appreciate that a lot. Yeah. I really appreciate that you're at a gym that they have, can have that perspective. Like that is such a crucial perspective for, for even your own development that you have compassionate coaches around you. Because when, even when I was a CrossFit athlete, I wanted to do what my coaches were doing. And so if the attitudes and the behaviors that they were adopting, I was like, okay, that's how I get to be where they are. And so having people like that around you, it's, it's so important. I guess that makes me really happy that you have people that will encourage you to, to be kind and compassionate to yourself if you're not feeling it. Yeah. So what are the, what are the future plans for mobility movement? So you know, the last two years were real hard. Uh, you know, uh, in 2019, lots of really exciting things were happening. And since 2020, I've been doing my best to recover so that I could get back and engaged in creating content for the members area. Um, and so I'm, I'm finally getting back to that place. And our company is doing really well and so we're, we're kind of I would say the last two years have really been like a pause and rebuild uh, which I feel like everyone in the world experienced that as well um, and I'm just with what I went through in 2020 to 2021 like with my own uh, illness and recovery I really have kind of would say doubled down on that compassionate approach to self-care um, and want to integrate more into the members area um, to do with like nervous system regulation um, and expounding the self-care practices that we have, as well as creating content with our athletes and ambassadors. Like that's something that I love doing. And now that we can travel and, and be re-engaged with them, like that's kind of the hope. And then being like seeing people in person, you know, like I would love to um, be at events again and running in-person classes. Cause that's, you know, I really love seeing people in person and helping them and, and speaking with them and being part of that guided process. Um, but yeah, the, I would say the app is our main focus is really building out some, some more content that just furthers the, the mission of wanting to support that compassionate perspective. 
um, and support my strength athletes, right? Like my, my strong fitness friends, that's kind of what I refer to them as, right? Because you don't have to be like an athlete or competing to be a strong fitness friend, right? Um, and I just, yeah, I want to support those people. So speaking of strong fitness friends, uh, two of your athletes that you, mm-hmm. that are sponsored by you are mm-hmm. very good friends of the show. And that is Saxon Pancheck and uh, Allison Scuds, Um, both Ohio natives Mm -hmm. um, where we live here. Um, Why were they the right match? I mean, I can guess because I know them both. I know you. Mm -hmm. Why were they the right match? Well, so um, Allison, she is such an intelligent and hardworking individual like just as an individual but she's also so talented as an athlete like I just love her mentality and she when she started using the product she really got the message that I was weaving in that less is more when it comes to recovery and and just how quickly she was like, yes, I get this. I take my recovery very seriously. And I can see how this is a really important part of that process. Um, and same thing with Saxon, like just such a genuine, hardworking, like kind-hearted person. <laughs> like, and, you know, like he, he mentioned how important working on his his breathing was and how that helped to improve even his performance during his his workouts or wads and we talk a lot about breathing throughout the sequences because regulating our breath through stretching and mobility work again helps to build that resiliency so that you can regulate your breath when you're stressed or when you're exercised um, and it just, again, it's, it's such an important process of performing really well. And then same thing, he takes his recovery very seriously. And so it's just, they're very aligned with like what my, I would say that my mission is. And I think they both also encourage like a balanced lifestyle, you know, Saxon with his, his twins and like, like so adorable. Um, and Allison, uh, with her, she's, she's balancing a different lifestyle, but it's, it's, I really, really appreciate both of their perspectives and the level of hard work that both of them put in their dedication is just, you know, I, I'm always like, you guys inspire me so much. (laughs) Um, and they've both provided really, really helpful feedback for the development of the app as well. Um, they're both engaged with the process and they want to help to make it a better product for our members as well. Uh, so it's just all around, like they're incredible humans. And then they also get the product. They, they use the product. They are involved in wanting to make it better too. So I love that. So how excited are you as a sponsor that your athlete won the CrossFit Open? Uh, super excited. Um, <laughs> like I, I was, I can't remember where I was sitting. I was sitting somewhere in the house and, and my husband yells, he's like, Saxon won the CrossFit Open. And like, my heart was like, what? 
like I, I knew he was doing well. Um, and I'm like, like, has it been confirmed yet? Like, cause there's that period yeah. where, you know, they got a review or whatever. And he's like, no, he's like, but I'm pretty sure he won. And I was like, yeah, me too. <laughs> Uh, but he's 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 so hardworking and he's just like kind of just been putting his head down and just like go 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 like it's it's been awesome to watch his development over the last uh three and a half or so years yeah I'm really I'm really proud of him I'm like I'm proud I haven't done anything but uh, I'm really proud of him (laughs) yeah if there's an athlete that doesn't cut reps at Saxon Pancheck I've judged him uh, before and you can you never know rep him because every movement is too standard yeah he's such a yeah such a clean athlete it's it's great yeah well the last thing i want to say is we are partnering with mobility movement and we're so excited about that relationship and you can get 20 percent off your first six month subscription by using the code clydesdale 20 at checkout that's mm-hmm. clydesdale 20 all caps uh, and that gets you 20% off your first six-month subscription. And it's mobilitymvmnt.com. Yes. Do I do that well? <laughs> you did that fantastic. Very, very good. Very broadcasty professional. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Crystal, for taking an hour out of your day to spend yeah. with us. Uh, it's been awesome to get to know you. Yeah, it's been, it's been love. I, I love talking with you guys. It's always great. Thank you for joining us on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast. Remember, you can find us now on YouTube as well as all major podcast platforms. Please go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you use and consider giving us a five-star rating. Thank you so much for joining us. And we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.